Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and check us out on Instagram, instagram.com slash greatdetectives. If you're enjoying the podcast, please follow us using your favorite podcast software. If you've not already, I do encourage you to check out my ebooks. All I needed to know, I learned from Dragnet, and all I needed to know, I learned from Columbo. Each examines the careers and history of seven great fictional detectives and policemen and life lessons that can be learned from them. You can find these ebooks wherever fine ebooks are sold, and also as an audiobook through audible.com or the Apple Store. Now it is time for this week's episode of Mr. Chameleon. Now, we did skip an episode from last week. That was because that's a Christmassy episode. We're going to play that at Christmas. So the original air date on this one is December the 29th, 1948, and the title is Death and the Talking Parrot. Next, Mr. Chameleon and the Case of Death and the Talking Parrot. Tonight, we again present the famous Mr. Chameleon of Central Headquarters in his most famous cases of crime and murder, brought to you by the makers of genuine Bayer Aspirin. Now, let me tell you just who Mr. Chameleon is. A college man, he tried from childhood to live up to the name he bore, Chameleon, by taking on the color of whatever situation in which he found himself, appearing in endless guises, Finally entering the police force, where he became known as Chameleon, the man of many faces, the underworld's most dreaded man. The listener invariably knows who Mr. Chameleon is, no matter which disguise he assumes, but the criminal he's tracking down seldom does. Tonight we give you Mr. Chameleon in The Case of Death and the Talking Parrot. Almost all of us can become deeply attached to a pet, and sometimes the pet can be very strange indeed. For instance, Laurel Madison, young and lovely, is devoted to her parrot, a raucous creature with a wicked eye, and we find her now at night in the living room of her apartment, talking affectionately to the parrot as she takes him out of his cage. Come on, Whitey. Want to spread your wings a bit? Ah. Come on, that's the boy. Ah, ah, fun is fun, what's done is done. Fun is fun, what's done is done. <laughs> oh, Whitey, for heaven's sakes, do you have to keep saying that silly rhyme? Sometimes you're very tired. Ah, fun is fun, what's done is done. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, I heard you the first time. What was that? Sounded like the front door closing. <laughs> hush, Whitey, hush. Is anyone there? Oh, it's you. What are you doing here? Ah, hello, Evelyn. Hello, Evelyn. Ah. Baby, be still. 
How did you get in? Have you still got your key? Hello, Evelyn. Hello, Evelyn. Well, why didn't you tell me you were coming? Don't look at me like that. And keep away from me. I know you said you were going to kill me, but you can't. No, you can't. Oh, no, please, please. Stop it. Stop it. Evelyn, 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 Evelyn. And the following morning, in the wildly upset apartment, Mr. Chameleon, the great detective, is kneeling beside the dead body of Laurel Madison and saying to the excited man standing next to him, Is this exactly the way you found the body, Miss Smithers? Yes, Mr. Chameleon. I'm the building superintendent, mm -hmm. and I wanted to get in to fix a leaking pipe. Yes. I rang the doorbell, and I rang it and rang it, and I, I knew she must be home. And then you let yourself in with a pass key. That's right, sir. It's awful. It's awful. Miss Madison was such a pretty girl, one of the highest paid models in New York. Yes, I know, I know. I've seen a picture on many a magazine cover. She was strangled to death with this chiffon scarf. Either a man could have done it or a woman. Who were her friends? Well, I, I don't know, Mr. Chameleon. She had a lot of friends. A lot of boyfriends, particularly. What were their names? Well, I, I really couldn't tell you. Do you mean they tipped you not to tell? No, 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 no sir. No, all right, no. Smithers, all right. Stop shaking. No one has accused you of anything. But I, I'm not shaking. I certainly am not guilty of anything. Uh, where's the other man with you? Detective Sergeant Dave Arnold. He's gone to question the neighbors. Don't forget, it was still fairly early last night when Laurel Madison died. The coroner says about 11 p.m. She must have put up a struggle, and someone must have heard it. What is that cage over there? That? Oh, that's a parrot cage. Miss Madison had a parrot. She called it Whitey. Well, the cage is empty. When did the parrot get out? There's no parrot here when you found the body, was there? Uh, no, Mr. Chameleon. Mm-hmm. Where is it? But it must have gotten away. Miss Madison often let it out, and the bedroom window was open. Whitey must have flown out the window last night. Mr. Smithers? You know, I think you are lying about that parrot. But I'm not lying. I Mr. tell you, I'm not. Mr. Chameleon. Yes, Dave, I'm here. Say, I just heard the darndest story from the woman who lives in the apartment next door. It seems Miss Madison had a parrot. Yes, we were just discussing that fact. About a quarter to eleven, at the time Miss Madison was murdered, this woman heard the parrot screaming, Hello, Evelyn. Hello, Evelyn. Of course, it may mean nothing. But... And it may mean a great deal. Mr. Smithers, did Miss Madison know anyone named Evelyn? Uh, yes, Mr. Chameleon. Evelyn Scott. She lived here for a while. She's a model, too. She works for Porter's Agency, just like Miss Madison. She was only here for a month. She left kind of abrupt-like. I see. Okay, Dave, let's try and find Miss Evelyn Scott. That shouldn't be difficult. Not as difficult, I suspect, as finding that parrot. A parrot? Well, Mr. Chameleon, why do you want to find the parrot? Because the parrot, Dave, was the only witness to the murder... And, Mr. Smithers, I fully intend to find that witness. <laughs> Miss Scott, I realize it's difficult to discuss your friend Laurel Madison's murder, but you've got to answer my questions and tell me the truth. Why did you quarrel with her? Why did you leave the apartment, and why did the parrot call your name last night at the time of the murder? I can't imagine, Mr. Chameleon. I think you can. Do you still have a key to the apartment? Why, yes, I have. Good heavens, you don't think that I killed Laurel Madison. The parrot called out your name, Evelyn, several times. But I don't understand it. 
nothing ever used to when I was there. All he'd ever say was, fun is fun, what's done is done. I mean it. He'd fix me with that beady eye and recite that silly rhyme. He never spoke my name. The parrot did last night, Miss Scott. Why did you quarrel with Laurel Madison? Because she... She took the man I loved away from me. Who? Larry Blaine. Larry Blaine? You mean the younger brother of Stuart Blaine? Do you know him? Everyone knows Stuart Blaine, the big steel man in the family, is very... They're uh... very upper-crust society. Oh, yes, I know that. But Laurel Madison wasn't any better than I am. I love Larry Blaine, and Laurel knew it. She only went after him to prove she could get him away from me. You hated her, didn't you, Miss Scott? I'm afraid I did. And the parrot called my name last night when she was murdered. You have a perfect case against me. If you didn't do it, you have nothing to worry about. If you did, you have a great deal to be afraid of, Miss Scott. You know where I can find Larry Blaine? Yes. He's usually at home. And if I know anything about it, you'll find that mother of his right beside him. Oh, I see that you're not very fond of Larry Blaine's mother. Well, thank you, Miss Scott. I shall be seeing you again. And Evelyn Scott is right. For when Mr. Chameleon calls to question Larry Blaine, Mrs. Lawrence Archibald Blaine does sit beside her son Larry on the brocaded sofa in the magnificent drawing room of their home. And Mr. Chameleon, who has defeated many adversaries in his time, senses that Mrs. Blaine is a formidable opponent. Mrs. Blaine, you have no reason to resent my questioning of your son. You don't seem to understand that Laurel Madison has been murdered. I also don't understand why my son Larry should be dragged into it. Perhaps Larry does. What do you mean, Mr. Chameleon? I didn't kill Laurel. I hadn't even seen her in more than a week. Why not? Because she said something I didn't like about Evelyn Scott. Oh, really? Well, that's very interesting. You mean you still have some feeling left for Evelyn Scott? Mr. Chameleon, my son was never in love with Miss Scott or Laurel Madison. Perhaps your son knows differently, Mrs. Blaine. Anyway, I should like to ask him where he was last night. I... Oh, yes, Stuart, we're in the drawing room. Mr. Chameleon, I sent for my oldest son. Oh, I'm very glad you did, Mrs. Blaine. I've met your son before. Hello, Chameleon. What brings you here? A murder investigation. Oh, my mother mentioned it when she phoned me. A girl named Laurel Madison was murdered last night, and your brother Larry here was one of her numerous suitors. I was just about to ask him where he was last night. He was with Stuart, Mr. Chameleon. They took a long drive out into the country. They had business to discuss. Isn't that right, Larry? Isn't that right, Stuart? Well, Larry? Yes, I... I was with Stuart last night. So you see, Mr. Chameleon, my brother Larry has an alibi. Yes, I see. You know, there was a witness to the murder. What? A witness? What do you mean? Laurel Madison's parrot was the witness. He saw the killer. In fact, one of the neighbors heard him squawking, Hello, Evelyn. Hello, Evelyn. Evelyn? Mm-hmm. Looks bad for your friend, Miss Evelyn Scott, Larry. Oh, but that's absurd. You can't be serious, Mr. Chameleon, because a parrot calls out a name. That or... doesn't prove anything. Of course not, Chameleon. Where is this parrot? At the moment, he's missing, Stuart. But absurd or not, he is the key figure in this case. The only witness to the murder, and I intend to find him. And 
And now, Mr. Chameleon is again questioning Smithers, the superintendent of the building where beautiful Laurel Madison was strangled to death. Smithers, you are lying. You've been lying from the very beginning. You know what happened to Laurel Madison's parrot. No, 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 Mr. Chameleon. Honest, I don't. He must have flew out the window. And where did he fly to? The neighborhood is being scarred for that bird. I have a full description of him. White with green markings, his mistress called him Whitey, but not a trace. Not a trace has been found of that parrot. Well, I should think you'd be more interested in finding Miss Madison's murderer. I'm working on that, too. Where is the parrot, Smithers? You, you ain't got no clues, Mr. Chameleon. The other cop said you didn't. There wasn't even a fingerprint worth a darn anywhere in Miss Madison's apartment. No, but the killer had a key to that apartment, just as you have a pass key, Smithers. Where is the parrot? But my pass key don't mean nothing. I told you over and over, I'm no killer. Where is the parrot? Okay. Okay, Mr. Chameleon. You win. I I found him flapping around the courtyard. I needed some extra cash, so I took him and I, I sold him to the Petrie Pet Shop. The Petrie Pet Shop on Madison Avenue? Yes, that's it. Smothers, I'm not through with you. I may need you later. Now, you are not to leave the city under any circumstances. Meanwhile, I am going over to the pet shop to take that parrot into custody. There are too many who would like to get their hands on him. Mr. Chameleon does get the parrot. He now has him at central headquarters where he's talking to the commissioner of police and Detective Sergeant Dave Arnold. The commissioner is saying... So that parrot is the missing witness to the Laurel Madison murder, is it, Chameleon? Yes, Commissioner. Handsome old devil, isn't he? Come on, Whitey, say hello to the commissioner. Ah, ah, fun is fun, what's done is done. Ah, ah, fun is fun, what's done is done. Ah. What? <laughs> yes, that's the only thing we can get him to say. He won't mention the name Evelyn, will you, Whitey? Ah, fun is fun. What's done is done. <laughs> Mr. Chameleon, I think we ought to bring in Evelyn Scott. Confront her with the parrot. No, no, not yet, Dave. We're learning much more by having her shadowed. She's been meeting Larry Blaine secretly, Commissioner. Evidently, there's still some sort of bond between them. Do you mean he's protecting her or is she protecting him, Chameleon? Hmm, it could be either one. As a matter of fact, Larry Blaine could be protecting his mother. A woman could very easily have been the killer. And Mrs. Blaine is a very formidable woman. Yes, yeah, she's been a leader of New York society for years. But, Mr. <laughs> Chameleon, her name isn't Evelyn. Yes, I know, Dave. Even so, we're checking up on everyone, Commissioner, all the details of their backgrounds. And I don't mind telling you that I have seldom had less to work on than I have in this case. Except our fine-feathered friend here. Ah, fun is fun, fun is fun. <laughs> <laughs> I realize that no court of law would accept a parrot gibbering as evidence. But I am still counting on Whitey to break the case. I'm taking very good care of him. I'm going to leave him here at headquarters, Commissioner. Huh? And I'm going to put a substitute parrot in Petrie's pet shop. What? What are you talking about, Chameleon? Another white parrot that looks almost exactly like him, with green marking like uh, Whitey's painted on his breast. Then I shall make it known that Whitey is at the pet shop. And then I myself shall go into the pet shop. In disguise? Mm-hmm. Not as a clerk, however. I have arranged with Mr. Petrie, the owner, to pose as his father left in charge of the shop for an hour, perhaps. I uh, just want to find out who was interested enough in this parrot whitey to actually buy him and take him home and wring his neck the way they strangled Laurel Madison.
Mr. Chameleon and the case of death and the talking parrot continues in just a moment. Next time you want relief from an ordinary headache, neuritic, or neuralgic pain, remember that one thing you can take with complete confidence is genuine Bayer aspirin. You can take it confident of amazingly fast relief, for Bayer aspirin is actually ready to go to work in two seconds. And you can take it confident of really dependable relief, for no other pain reliever can match its record of use by millions of normal people without ill effect. Don't ever forget this unmatched record. It's important, because it means you can take Bayer aspirin sure in the knowledge that it will bring you the gentle relief that's important to your health. So don't experiment with drugs that have not been proved by years of successful use. For the two most important kinds of relief, fast relief and dependable relief, do as millions do, be sure with Bayer aspirin. When you buy, ask for it by its full name, Bayer aspirin, not just for aspirin alone. Get the 100-tablet bottle and you get Bayer aspirin tablets for less than a penny apiece. Now, back to Mr. Chameleon and the case of death and the talking parrot. Mr. Chameleon believes that Laurel Madison's parrot, Whitey, can identify the killer who strangled the beautiful model to death in her apartment. And we find Mr. Chameleon now in Petrie's pet shop in his disguise as an irritable old man who is finding the shop with its assorted noises quite a trial. But when he speaks to Detective Sergeant Dave Arnold, he speaks as Chameleon. Now, you certainly have to love animals, Dave, to run a place like this. <laughs> Even if you love animals, and I certainly do, I prefer them in small quantities and one of a kind. <laughs> Mr. Chameleon, the only one that's silent is that substitute parrot, the one we put here in Whitey's cage. Yes, he's quiet enough, all right. I suppose he doesn't like being a stand-in. Has anyone tried to buy him? No, Dave. I let everyone know that we'd located Laurel Madison's parrot in Petrie's shop, yet no one's been in. No one we suspect of a murder, that is. Oh, I'll take that. Uh, Petrie's pet shop. Hello, is this Mr. Petrie? Well, this is her father, madam. Uh, Mr. Petrie is out right now. Oh, well, I'm calling to inquire about a parrot. A white and green parrot. I understand you have one like that? Yes, yes, I know the one. A very remarkable bird, almost human. Calls people by name, in fact. Yes, uh, you still have him? Yes, yes, madam, although we have a uh, prospective buyer. Oh, really? Well, uh, please don't sell him for at least an hour. I've heard about your parrot, and I'm sending someone down. I'm prepared to pay a very big price, Mr. Petrie. All right, all right. We shall wait an hour. Thank you, madam. Dave. That was Mrs. Blaine. Mrs. Blaine? Larry Blaine's mother? Mm-hmm. Things are beginning to break, Dave. Now, you go down to Central Headquarters and get the real parrot, Whitey, immediately. Okay. Then wait for me outside in a car with the engine running. Uh-huh. And I shall stay here and receive either Mrs. Blaine or Larry or whoever she sends for the parrot. Uh, they'll never know you in this disguise. I'm not worried about my own disguise, Dave. What concerns me most is convincing them that this substitute parrot is the one they're after. And half an hour later, it is quite true that it is the parrot which Larry Blaine is after. Hardly glancing at Mr. Chameleon, who stands beside him in his disguise, Larry is staring at the motionless white and green bird. This bird seems so lifeless and silent, Mr. Petrie. You you are Mr. Petrie, aren't you, the owner of this pet shop? I'm uh, Mr. Petrie's father. My son is home with an ear infection. 
I don't wonder. I should think that he loses hearing in this place. Why, why he ever went into this business, I'll never know. The coloring is right, white with green markings. You no, know, it's the monkeys that drive me insane. And the parrots, and this one particularly, Mr. Blaine. But this parrot hasn't said a word. He's exhausted, that's why. Someone must have taught him a silly little rhyme, and that stupid idiot of a bird has been saying it over and over and over. What rhyme does he say? Fun is fun, what's done is done. He says that over and over and over. I'll take him. Well, now, <clears throat> you may be sorry, young man. Now, I know, I know I shouldn't say that. My son would kill me, but that parrot will drive you out of your mind. I said I'd take him. Here's your money. Well, thank you, Mr. Blaine. I, uh... No, wait, now I'd better put this cloth over the cage. Here you are. Did you come in a car? Yes, sir. Uh... A friend is waiting for me outside. Thank you. Well, thank you, Mr. Blaine. I hope you enjoy that parrot myself. I've never been able to like the creatures. There's something so weird about a bird that can talk. All right, Mr. Petrie. I'm leaving now. Thanks for letting me use your shop as a trap. I think it worked. Mr. Chameleon. Okay, Dave, let's go. Okay. Follow that car ahead that Larry Blaine just got in. Evelyn Scott is driving it. Evelyn Scott? She's with Larry Blaine? Yes, Dave. I have a hunch they're going to the Blaine mansion. Did he buy the parrot? Mm-hmm. He's sure it's Laurel Madison's parrot, Whitey. This the uh, real Whitey here in the cage? Uh-huh. The one and only. Good. Whitey, from now on, I am depending on you, my boy. And don't you fail me. <laughs> Is it? It's I, Mother. Larry. Oh, come in. Evelyn is with me. Mrs. Blaine, we we brought the parrot. It took you long enough. Now let's look at him. Here he is, Mother. Very silent, but he's Laurel Madison's parrot, Whitey, all right. The old gentleman at the pet shop quoted the rhyme that Whitey was always saying when... when Laurel had him. Open the cage door. Mrs. Blaine. Open the cage door and lift him out. Mrs. Blaine... Do you have to do it now? Evelyn, you know we have to kill him. You know we have to destroy the evidence. Yes, I know. But to wring his neck... I'll do it myself, since you're both so cowardly. Servants are all out. There'll be no one to hear him. Come here, you wretched bird. <laughs> Hold still. Hold still. That's I... enough, Mrs. Blaine. Let that parrot alone. What? Mr. Camille. What are you doing in my house? I'm afraid your son left the front door open, Mrs. Blaine, and I walked in with Detective Sergeant Arnold and Whitey. Whitey? You mean Laurel's parrot? This is the parrot, the one in this cage. No, Mrs. Blaine, you are about to kill the wrong parrot. The real Whitey, the one and only witness to the murder of Laurel Madison, is right here with Detective Sergeant Arnold. Dave, take that cloth off the cage. Yes, Mr. Chameleon. Ah, ah, fun is fun. What's done is done. Fun is fun. What's done is done. Ah, ah. All right, Whitey. Look around, Joe. Do you see anyone you know? Here, step up close to him, Miss Evelyn Scott. Mr. Chameleon. Step close to him, please. That's right. Whitey, do you recognize the lady? Ah, fun is fun, fun is fun. <laughs> Seems that he doesn't recognize you, Miss Scott. Well, he doesn't really see her. He's just getting used to the light. Do you mean by that, Mrs. Blaine, that you wish that he would recognize her? Because, frankly, I... What's that? Somebody just came in. Yes, Mrs. Blaine, I think it's your son, Stuart. I phoned him at his office and told him to come here immediately. Stuart, come in, please. 
Hello, comedian. So you've got here ahead of me, did you? Hello, Mother. Larry. Oh, Miss Scott. What's happened? Ah, ah. Uh, Parrot, what's he doing here? Ah, oh, hello, Evelyn. Hello, Evelyn. Hello, Evelyn, darling. Ah, ah. Hello, I, Evelyn. I'll kill you. I'll kill you. Stuart. Ah, Give me that parrot. I'll wring its neck. No, you won't, Stuart Blaine. Put up your hands. Put your hands Mr. up. Mr. Chameleon, what are you doing? Mrs. Blaine, I'm about to arrest your son, Stuart, for the murder of Laurel Madison. But that's ridiculous. No, it's not. Chameleon, you must be mad. Just now, I... I simply lost my temper. Because Laurel Madison's parent recognized you. He called you by name. By name? He called him Evelyn. Stuart's middle name is Evelyn. One of his middle names, I might say. Everyone assumed that Evelyn was the name of a woman. But as you know, in England particularly, it's a very common man's name. But that doesn't mean... I looked up your family tree. And I discovered, Mrs. Blaine, that there were at least five men named Evelyn in your husband's family. His father, for one. That doesn't prove a thing, chameleon. It proves a little something, Stuart, and your attack on that parrot a moment ago before you had time to stop yourself. That proves something, too. And Mr. Smithers may prove the rest. Smithers? Who's Smithers? The superintendent of Laurel Madison's apartment house. I understand for two years Miss Madison had a constant caller, and I got his description from Smithers and from the neighbors. Stuart, I was startled. The description fitted you so perfectly. You, a brilliant man, a power in industry. I couldn't believe it at first. Didn't want to believe it. Then as time went on, I had to. I never knew that girl. Smithers and the neighbors can identify you, Stuart. And besides, Dave, search him just on a chance. A chance of what? This is an outrage. What do you expect to find on me? A key, perhaps. A key to Laurel Madison's apartment. I went to all the locksmiths in the neighborhood, Stuart. One of them had made a duplicate key for her apartment... In gold. Dave, keep on searching him, please. Okay. No. Well, there's no need for you to go on searching me. The key's in my wallet. I'll give it to you, comedian. Sorry, Stuart. Keep your hands up. Taking no chances. Get the wallet, Dave. Here it is, Mr. Chameleon. And here's the key. Oh, Stuart, Stuart, why did you keep it? Why didn't you get rid of it? I, I don't know, Mother. I don't know. Perhaps Mrs. Blaine, because he loved Laurel Madison... He kept that love a secret. He's a man of great wealth and social position. He wouldn't acknowledge his love for a girl like Laurel Madison. Oh, he hated her for going after his younger brother, Larry. Probably felt that she was wrecking Larry's life. But he had loved her. And this key was the only thing he had left of it. So he hung on to it. Perhaps knowing that it might be his death warrant. Perhaps even hoping it might be his death warrant. <laughs> Larry, how is your mother? She's pretty well prostrated, Mr. Chameleon. Hmm. She suspected from the first it was my brother Stuart who murdered Laurel. I did everything I could help to cover up for him. I knew that your alibi for the night of the murder was rarely his. And Evelyn Scott here, she was afraid that Parrot might convict her. That's why she worked with you. I also wanted to help Larry. Yes, you still love each other, don't you? Yes, Mr. Chameleon and try and be happy. Your mother and your brother... Well, that tragedy needn't be yours. So don't let it be, Larry. No, I, I won't. And as for Whitey, he's a reformed parrot. I keep him in my office, and I'm actually teaching him to say the motto above my desk. The innocent must be protected, and the guilty must be punished.
And with these words, Mr. Chameleon concludes tonight's murder case. When you have a social or business engagement, don't let an ordinary headache upset it. Remember, Bayer Aspirin will bring you relief and quickly. Millions know how fast Bayer Aspirin works. If you've never tried it, a simple test will show you how quickly a Bayer Aspirin tablet is ready to go to work. This test reveals what happens in your stomach when you take Bayer Aspirin. All you do is drop the tablet in a glass of water and time its disintegrating speed. When it starts to disintegrate, it's ready to go to work. And as you'll see, Bayer Aspirin starts disintegrating almost instantly. It brings amazingly fast relief because it's actually ready to go to work in two seconds. When you buy, ask for genuine Bayer Aspirin, not just for aspirin alone. Get the 100-tablet bottle and you get Bayer Aspirin tablets for less than a penny apiece. Listen next Wednesday night at this same time for Mr. Chameleon, the man of many faces, in The Rich Uncle Murder Case. The part of Mr. Chameleon is played by Carl Swenson with dialogue by Marie Balmer from the original story by Frank and Ann Hummert. Music directed by Victor Arden. This is Howard Claney saying good night on behalf of our sponsors wishing all our listeners a very happy new year. New Lion's toothpaste does what no other toothpaste can. Thousands of laboratory tests on scores of individual teeth reveal that new Lion's toothpaste actually gets teeth two and a half to five and a half times brighter than any of the five leading brands. Brighter by far, in fact, than any toothpaste on the market. Remember, it's not just another toothpaste, not just another old toothpaste with an added ingredient. Lion's toothpaste is utterly new, radically different. It cleans without soap, polishes without chalk. Lion's Toothpaste. Listen for Mr. Chameleon in The Rich Uncle Murder Case next Wednesday night at this time. This is CBS where Jack Benny starts next Sunday, the Columbia Broadcasting System. Welcome back. Credit where credit's due. For once, we didn't have a story that where there was an over-the-top, virtuous person who turned out to be the killer. And that was kind of a recurring theme I was getting a little tired of. I suspected that the killer was a man based on the name Evelyn, just because it'd be too obvious for Evelyn as the killer to be a woman. Uh, it's one of those names that uh, people will generally assume is a woman, but in many cases, uh, you know, pr pretty rare today, can actually be a man. Leslie is another one, and classic um, detective programs did take advantage of it. I'm not certain that you could have had a more obvious ploy than spreading word as to where the parrot was for sale. And I also have uh, mixed feelings on Chameleon's explanation for why the killer held on to the key. 
On one hand, there may be something to it psychologically, but the way he romanticized the murder was just a bit silly. Well, now we turn to listener comments and feedback, and we start with an email from Derek who writes, Adam, I need help. I hear good reviews about Mr. Chameleon. If Mr. Chameleon were to do investigating like Johnny Dollar or Sam Spade, I would have no problem. However, if we reverse it and Johnny and Sam were to put on makeup and wigs only to have the guilty party confess uh, to a complete stranger the crime they have committed, they would lose all credibility. I try to take Mr. Chameleon at face value, that they don't uh, mean to take it seriously, but he is the underworld's most dreaded man. And then there is Dave Arnold, possibly his best friend, who knows Mr. Chameleon will disguise himself, rarely even knows that it is, in fact, Mr. Chameleon. I would note, uh, Derek, that Dave Arnold is not part of the audience. (laughs) I sincerely want to enjoy the series, but I need help appreciating it. Well, thanks so much for the comment, Derek. It's a tough one because people appreciate and enjoy the things that they appreciate and enjoy. And it's hard and maybe even counterproductive to try to argue why someone should enjoy something. Although a lot of people do. Uh, We had a comment last week from Catherine saying the series was fun. And another listener on YouTube, Kim, is just going through all the Mr. Chameleon episodes and apparently has gone through the entire playlist and is like, is there any more? And now Kim's got to wait until Thursday. for more to be added. So people definitely do enjoy it. I think for me, a lot of it does come down to the performance. The series would be a lot harder to enjoy if you didn't have Carl Swenson in the lead role. In a way, it's like Kylo Vance. I think that if you took just two random actors instead of Jackson Beck and George Petrie, that series would be absolutely intolerable. But they really do add something and bring something to a production and the sort of commitment and performance they give ultimately sells the show. There also is a level of production quality. You know, uh, you can hear a production where nobody knows what they're doing. And they do stuff that doesn't make sense because they don't know what they're doing. And to me, that's not particularly entertaining. The nice thing about Mr. Chameleon is that You've got a lead and you've got actors and a production team that know full well what they're doing. So even though the choices are often odd, they are interesting in terms of both the performance and the plot and story. It's like, really, you went with that. That makes it interesting to listen to. And I do think that it is kind of a light program. Like, you're not going to walk away from Mr. Chameleon in tears. You're not going to hear a seed of violence where you kind of twinge. You're just going to get a little bit of mystery with a detective program starring an actor who knew his stuff and put his best into material that might be a bit silly at times, but still he's fun to listen to. Now, if you've got additional insights on why you like Mr. Chameleon, and I would love to hear from it, 
I'm not particularly asking for insights on why people don't like Mr. Chameleon, but I'll inevitably get those too. Regarding the episode Murder and the Sleeping Men, Anthony writes, Is that Joe Kern? Um, well, Anthony, I'm not certain which role you're referring to, but Joseph Kearns was a Hollywood-based radio actor, and Mr. Chameleon was a New York City-originated program, so he would not have been on that series. Thank you so much for the question, Anthony, and now it's time to thank our Patreon supporter of the day. Thank you to Boz, Patreon supporter since April of 2019, currently supporting the program at the Detective Sergeant level of $7.14 or more per month. Thank you so much for your support, Boz, and that will do it for today. If you're enjoying the podcast, please follow us using your favorite podcast software. And if you're enjoying the podcast on YouTube, be sure to like the video, subscribe to the channel, and mark the notification bell. All those great things that help the channel to grow. We will be back next Thursday with another episode of Mr. Chameleon, but join us back here tomorrow for the conclusion of The Laughing Matter, where... Johnny Dollar. This is Charlie Burton speaking. Oh, morning, Burton. So you're still alive, huh? If that was an attempt at humor, it was entirely out of place. Well, it's early yet. I'm the comedian, and I'll make the jokes. Your job is to protect my life. Don't tell me you've been shot at again. This time of morning? Boy, whoever it is really must hate you, Burton. Dollar, so help me... So help you nothing. You may be good old lovable Charlie to 40 million television viewers, but to me, you're just a pain in the neck. I'll remind you, To my clients, you're worth a half million bucks because he was fool enough to write an insurance policy on your life, but not to me. My price on you is a fast three cents, give or take a couple. My life has been threatened. Sure, and that's why I'm here. But yesterday, when I tried to get you to cooperate, you called it a practical joke. Well, I'm not calling it that now. No, because somebody tossed a bullet at you last night and scared the living pants off of you. Well, call Captain Peral of the Ensenada Police. I hope you'll be with us then. In the meantime, send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and check us out on Instagram, instagram.com slash greatdetectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.